Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise, we give you honor. We thank you, Lord God, for the power of your word to come to pass in our lives. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the Holy Spirit being present. Uh, to give us clarity, understanding, and enlightenment of your word. We thank you, Lord God, for what you desire to share with us tonight. And we thank you, Father, that our lives will be impacted for the better. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, that you will transform our minds. I thank you, Lord God, we will get new images. We will get a new attitude. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, for the fruit that shall abound as a result of hearing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you hug a couple of people and you may be seated. You know, we started the uh, series on Sunday called Meet Me on the Road. I thought that was... I thought that was really cool. You know, Pastor Brian came up with that, meet me on the road. God always give him the cool titles, but that's okay. You, you, you get my meaning. <laughs> but uh, I just was uh, thinking about uh, the message that was taught on Sunday and how, how good it really was. The fact that um, he talked to us about being unshakable in our faith and how, God, how Jesus really uh, looked at things, and I especially was intrigued by the encounter that he had with his disciples uh, in Mark chapter 16. When he got to them, they were doubting and worrying, and Jesus was like, you know, I don't have time to deal with that. Let me just tell you why you ought to believe what I said, because I got a mission for you, so you need to go on and get out there. I've already prepared you for it, so we're just not going to let this doubt and, and fear and unbelief, we're just not going to deal with that. And then uh, also when he talked to us that I hear a lot of times, and we do hear it and we know what it means, but people say, I want to go to another level. I want to go to another level. And he told us it's not another level we need to go to, but application of what we already know. That's what we need to do. How many of you agree with that? If everything I know was happening in my life now, I'd be good. How, 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 if everything I know in the Bible was happening in my life, hey, we, we really have it going on, don't you think? But since that's not happening, we have to keep looking into the word of God and allowing it to transform our minds and shape our beliefs so that we can see what God is uh, doing in our lives and what he has planned and prepared for us uh, because uh, he's, he spent years shaping us. Those of you who've been in the word for some time, years shaping us, but it doesn't mean those ones who just came into the kingdom don't have a place and a purpose because you do also. You do also because you're a witness of how good God is. And finally, he told us that we didn't choose God, that he chose us. That's one of my favorite scriptures to know that God actually chose me. It reminds me of uh, when I was younger and we would uh, be choosing teens. And you know how you're waiting for the captain to choose you. And so it was terrible when he got down to the last two and they were looking everywhere except for at you. 
So I'm happy to know that God chose me and I didn't have to worry about being looked over because I wasn't qualified and I couldn't, uh, they didn't think, you know, when they was choosing teens, they didn't think you were going to be an asset to them. But obviously, when God chose us, he believed that we would be an asset to the body of Christ. That's what he believed. So regardless of what anybody say, regardless of even what you sometimes think about yourself, you have to remember that God chose you. Therefore, he thought you were qualified enough to do the job. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them I'm qualified. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to uh, look again because Paul, of course, he did mention Paul and his Damascus Road uh, journey. And Paul is a good example for us uh, when it comes to us understanding um, how God works and how he operates and how he intends for us to look at him and, and look, at, uh, look at our assignments that he's given us, understanding that um, God comes to us and gives us assignments that he knows we're not in our own strength qualified to do. But then God is so good in the fact that he will help us to see what he sees. If you immediately can't see it, God is so awesome that he doesn't want us to miss it, that he will, he will do all kinds of stuff to get us to see what he sees so that we'll know that it's a possibility or that it is possible to do everything that God has said. And it is, a po and it is possible for us to receive everything God said that we uh, can receive. We're going to start in Romans chapter 7. I guess you said, I thought you already started. That was a recap. <laughs> Romans chapter 7, because Paul is a good example of, you know, all of us didn't get knocked off, you know, our rides and, you know, a light, bright light came, but we can certainly uh, relate to Paul in this particular passage of scripture. We'll look at it in King James. King James chapter 7 and verse 24, prior to getting to this particular scripture, Paul was saying, you know, what I, what I want to do, I don't do. The things that I hate and I loathe, I find myself doing them, although I agree with the law. I think the law is good. It's just hard for me to keep the law. And, and then having known the law, the only thing it does is causes me to see it more because it's brought before me. So, you know, he, he says this at the very end. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law but uh, law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So he says, my goodness, who is going to deliver me from this dilemma that I have? Who's going to deliver me from uh, uh, carrying out sin, my sin, uh, sin is overtaking me. And, and when I don't want to do it, I do it. Uh, and it's in my imagination because that's what happens. That's why he talks about, or we talk about in the scriptures about not just uh, dealing with sin, 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 because the only thing it does is refresh it in your mind. You know, you could say something about, and I, we've seen it, uh, talk about drinking. And immediately your imagination goes back to when you were drinking or whatever it is that you were doing. If we mention the sin and you were in it, You'll have thoughts of it. Sometimes it'll, it'll take you back. Have, haven't you heard music that take you back to another place? 
And you've heard words that take you back in, and you see yourself. You see it in your imagination. You see it, an image of you carrying out that thing. Well, God don't want you constantly going back and remembering those things. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. So Paul is saying, you know, uh, thank God he can do this. Thank God he can do this. Romans chapter 12. And we're going to look at this in the King James Version as well. Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And in the Amplified, in that same passage of Scripture, get to it. in the Amplified, it's, it reads, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, he said, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind, that by its new ideals, new ideals and its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So when you're looking at this, he says, I need for you to get some new ideals. I need for you to get another imagination. I want you to see something else other than what you see or other than what the world is throwing out to you. It's important to God that you see something else, that you have another imagination, that, you that the word of God comes to you and you start to not just change what you say, but, and not necessarily just change what your actions are. It's not like a, he wants you to, you know, have a behavioral change unless it's directed by your heart. Unless it's directed by your heart. So let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. He said, I need for you to get some new mental images. Proverbs chapter 4. He said we are supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're supposed to get a new attitude. We're supposed to get some new imaginations. So let's look at uh, verse 20, reading uh, in the uh, Amplified. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He says, My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. He said, we need to pay attention to the word. We need to listen to the word. We need to observe the word. And he says, don't let them depart out of your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. He didn't say keep them in your mind. He said keep them in the center of your heart. He says, for they are life to those who find them, and their healing and health to all their flesh. Keep and guard your heart with all diligence, and above all that you guard for guard, for out of it flows the springs of life, or another version says the issues of life. He's talking to us about hearing the word of God and how the word of God is supposed to cause healing and health to come to us. Amen. Let's look at Luke, Luke chapter six, Luke chapter six, because he's talking about notice he's talking about something that's happening in your heart. He's talking about something that is happening in your heart. You hear the word of God and something is supposed to be happening in your heart. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, we'll continue in the Amplified. It says, the upright, honorable, intrinsically good man out of the good treasure stored in his heart produces what is upright. 
honorable and intrinsically good. And the evil man out of the evil storehouse brings forth that which is depraved, wicked, intrinsically evil. For out of the abundance and overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Again, he's talking about what our mouths are so saying. He's talking about the abundance of the heart. He says, what's in the heart is the thing that's going to come out. What's in your heart is eventually the thing that we're going to see happening in your life. So he's, again, he's talking about out of the abundance. Whatever you fill your heart up with is a thing that you're going to see happen in your life. It's going to produce it. If what you see is sickness, if that's what you see, that's what's going to happen. We realize that, you know, and I'm not talking about you, but you've heard people say it's the flu season. I always get it. So I'm already in the store before I even sneeze and getting all the stuff that I need. Even down to people who say, you know what? Uh, it's a lot of uh, pollen out. I know what happens to me when pollen comes. I need to already get myself together because I know what's going to happen. Uh, I get paid this week, but you know, by Monday, I'll be broke. By the time I pay all these bills, I'm not going to have any money left. He's saying this is something that's coming out of your heart. This is no longer something that's just in your head. It is now coming out of your heart. And understand, he said out of your heart comes the issues of life. So again, God is talking about what's happening in our hearts. See, because before you first see something, something is planted in your heart. And he says you've got to guard your heart. You must guard your heart. Well, we keep talking about the heart, the heart, the heart. So obviously, we need to figure out what the heart is. I mean, because when we think of the heart, we think of that thing that thumps, you know. Some people say the heart, okay, that must be my spirit, man. So what is the heart? Well, God is talking so much about what's coming out of our heart. It's important that we understand what the heart is. And God describes the heart, but he describes it as a function. In, our, in, in us. So it's best to look at how the heart operates. How about that? Let's look at, start at Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6, let's look at verse 5. And we're going to read this out of the King James. <clears throat> and it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his what? was only evil continually. So what is God doing here? He says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every what? Imagination of their thoughts of his heart. So God is linking your imagination with your heart. He said it's the images that you're getting. He's linking, you know, it's your imagination is that part that is directing what you do. So remember in, in Romans chapter 12, he said that you need to get some new images because those new images are, are supposed to be going into your heart. The word causes it to go into your heart and it's what you are imagining. And sometimes people figure, well, it's just in my head. It doesn't really matter. No, 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 no. Eventually, those imagining things that you're doing, you carry those out. 
You know, if you're upset with someone and you keep, you know, imagining yourself telling them off, getting them told, I'm not going to take this anymore, they can come up and speak and say, how you doing? And you'll just flat out just, just, you know, read the rights to them. And they don't even know what happened. I didn't even do anything to her today. And she's just got an attitude. Why? Because she has been imagining it. And the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak. So those images, <laughs> those images are things that, that's, that's touching our hearts. That's eventually we're going to see show up. See, because as far as God is concerned, if you imagined it, it's as good as done. Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at that. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28. He says he's having this discussion about adultery. And he says in verse 28, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Okay, so we look at that and he's, He's talking about the imagination. Because when you talk about someone committing adultery, I mean, it's not a logical thing. It's a imagination. And he says, you keep letting those images come in your mind. Eventually, you're going to carry out the act. Because where is it going to come from? It's going to come from your heart. Images writing on your heart. That's why he, again, he says, new ideals, new attitude. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Let's look at verse five. This is why it says in second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. But he said casting down imaginations. That's what he said. He's talking about stuff you're letting linger in your mind. He said, you better capture that. You need to cast down those thoughts. Again, people sometimes think, well, if I'm, I'm just thinking it. I'm not doing it. But you can't keep thinking it because is getting in your heart. Praise God. See, when uh, you think about uh, the mind, the mind has a part that's logical, and we are taught to think logically. That's why sometimes when we hear the word of God, we try to make it logical, and God is trying to talk to you uh, through visions, and he's wanting to paint pictures. Remember, we always say that anytime you read the word, you should see something. Not just hear something, but you have to see something. Because by your seeing it, getting it into your imagination, it gets into your heart, and then out of the abundance of the heart, something is produced. Y'all getting this? Amen. Psalms chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, Blessed is a man 
that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the Lord, law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, okay? First of all, he tells you what you're, what you're supposed to look like. He says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be. First he tells you what your delight is, and he said, this is the way I'm giving you an image. That's what God is. That's what he said. I'm giving you an image now. He says, you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't sit in the way of sinners. He says, now let me give you an image. Let me give you something to imagine. You're like a tree planted by the rivers of water. How many of you remember when Pastor Brian taught about being a sequoia tree? He says, that's what you're supposed to be imagining yourself to be. So the word is supposed to produce images in your mind, not just thoughts, but images in your mind because those images will eventually get into your heart and that is when you're going to produce or see what God said concerning you. Let's look at Genesis chapter 13. We're gonna look at an example of this. Genesis chapter 13, we may as well call on Father Abraham. <laughs> Genesis chapter 13, starting in verse 14, it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee, seeth, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. Let me give you an image. He says, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. So every time, the idea was every time Abram looked at the ground and saw the sand, he should have been getting images of all these children I'm going to have, all my descendants. Every time I go walk on the beach, that is if there was a beach present, he'd go out and he'd look and he'd probably pick up the sand and see how it sifted through his hand. He was like, man, I am going to be the father of many. I am going, my descendants, because see, that was important to them. Legacy was very, very, very important to them. Having children was really important to them. So every time he'd go and he'd see sand, it was like, Wow, look at this. This is what's going to happen with me. And so Jesus was trying to get the doubt out of his heart, get him to imagine what it was going to be like. Let's look at Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to start at verse 1. Because some time has gone by, and still Sarah hasn't had a child, so Abraham's like getting a little concerned about the fact that I'm supposed to have the seeds that outnumber the sand and we had one baby yet and you know God uh, I've been fighting all these people and winning these wars and I'm you know kind of like the not the person who grew up in the neighborhood and people looking at me growing in my wealth and all in. For them, the, one of the reasons for having children is for protection, to protect my, my stuff. 
I got, you know, they arrows. You read about the children being arrows. They're supposed to be helping me. But God, I don't, I don't have one. So here, here he picks up and he says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Because the little fear was starting to, you know, pile up. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, you know, I'm a stranger in this land, God. And I've killed these people. They may get together and come back to me. So God comes to him, understanding his fear. And again, he says, fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. You know, I looked up the word reward. Do you all know what that word means? Salary. Compensation. Wages. He said, I, I am your exceeding great reward. Bonuses in our dialect. He said, I'm your exceeding, more than you could think or ask, Abram. I'm your shield. I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to make sure you get paid. Did we say the promises of Abraham was ours? Oh, I believe that Bible did say that, didn't it? So, you know, you all upset with your boss about what he's going to give you. God says, I'm going to pay you. I'll make sure you get a salary. I'll make sure that you get bonuses. I'll make sure you get incentives. It doesn't matter what they're saying to you. I know that to be true in my life. That's when they call you inside, when they told everybody they're not going to give increases. Then they call you in and say, now we're going to give you an increase, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> See, that's, that's, that's God working. He is become, he's making sure you get salary, wages. Just thought I'd throw that out at you. And he says, and Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me seeing I go childless? Seeing, he's seeing the wrong thing. He says, seeing, I go, you said this, but what I see, God, what's in my mind, what I see in my imagination, God, is I don't have any children. I'm blessed. You're my shield. You're rewarding me, but I don't have no kids. I see, can't you, can't you see that guy? Can't you see Sarah's getting old? Can't you see I'm getting old? Can't you see there's no babies being produced here? Can't you, God, where's your imagination? God, I'm trying to imagine them, God. I picked up this, I'm trying, I'm trying. But if we don't get started sometime soon, I just don't see. I don't see. I don't see how this can be. <laughs> and so if you keep reading that's when they came up with their own plan let's just do it ourselves we you know we 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 believe that that's what god is gonna do we believe okay we believe you that you know that my seed is supposed to outnumber so we'll just we'll just go ahead and help you out god that's what they said to do you know sarah and abraham but let's go down to genesis chapter 17 or go to genesis chapter 17 in verse 4, Genesis 17 and verse 4. So God comes to Abraham, or comes to Abram after they've messed up a bit. And he says, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. 
for a father of many nations have I made thee. He gave him a confession to go along with his imagination. He says, okay, I need for you to start confessing something. You've been seeing something, but now you need to confess something. So it's important that when we're looking in the word of God, that we see something. When we see something, then we can confess something. If you don't see nothing, you can't confess nothing. You have to allow God to paint an image or you have to paint an image in your mind of what God is saying to you. Then you can start confessing what he has shown you. That's called revelation. That's called dreams. That's called God coming to you and telling you and sharing with you. And then you're seeing what God is saying concerning you. And then you begin to confess it. You all getting what I'm saying? So the word of God comes to us and, and, and we hear it. And God says, you know, I'm, I'm going to multiply you. But if you keep seeing something else, no matter what your mouth is saying, then you're not going to see what you're saying because you can't see what you're saying. Did that just make sense? You just talking. <laughs> Let's go to verse 15. Same chapter. Seventeen, verse fifteen. It says, "And God said unto Abram, Abram, excuse me, Abraham, and for Sarah, Sarai, sorry, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be, which means princess." So what was happening is they believed that God was going to multiply them. So God says, let me give you a confession to go along with that imagination. So every time Sarah would call Abraham, what she was saying was father of many nations, father of many nations, father of many nations. Now you got an image, you got a confession all working together. And he's calling her princess, princess, princess. And when you think of a princess, you think of somebody, you know, pretty. I mean, he didn't call her queen because, you know, sometimes queens can be a little older, but he was calling her princess. So he's calling her princess and, you know, all these words. She's probably feeling like a little princess and rejuvenating and God's doing all kinds of stuff with her body, making it fit and ready to have this baby. And Abraham is, is feeling Abraham. It's like <laughs> father of many nations. What's my name? Father of many nations. What's your name? Princess. <laughs> and you know, we talk about the fact that uh, uh, they had a son, Isaac, but a lot of people don't talk about the fact that they were so convinced of what God had done in their bodies. You know, they did have another child. Y'all do know that, don't you? I got people going, some people going, oh, they did. I mean, it wasn't a one-hit wonder. It wasn't, it was, a, it, was a, it was a faith move when I'm talking about that. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, y'all got it. <laughs> what I'm saying, it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a miracle took place and it was one time, but their faith, their faith was showing up. Their faith and trust in God to the point that they, they said, well, you know what? If I had faith to have one, 
I can have faith to have another one. See, God wants what to happen, things to happen in our lives not to live from miracle to miracle, but live from faith to faith. That's why sometimes it seems like something is not happening as fast as you want it to happen because God wants you to live by faith. So uh, Brian gave the example, so you won't be the person who can force something up one time, but you can't, it can't reproduce again unless it's a miracle. But instead, you're at a place where you can just handle it. You can just hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it because your faith can bear it up. Praise God. This is what God wants us to do, is to walk by faith. There is another, uh, there is another uh, example of that. That's Genesis chapter 11 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, and we can look at King James. And it says, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose tops may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men build. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they all and they have all one language, and this they began to do, and now nothing will be will be restrained from them which they have what? Imagined. What they have imagined to do. So when you think about this, you have got to make sure that the mental images that you are seeing are lining up with what the word of God says. So if you go around seeing yourself sick, he says, your life comes from what's in your heart. What's happening on the outside of you is something that's in your heart that's going on. It's not necessarily in your head, it's in your heart. Because out of your heart, that's how you live. That's what you're going to see. That's what's going to show up. It's what's in your heart. So it's not good for us to allow stray images in our minds. You don't, don't be imagining yourself hitting someone and fighting. Don't be imagining yourself uh, dying and sick. Don't be imagining yourself broken, always in the same place. You can't allow those images to float around in your head and eventually get into your heart because it's what's in your heart that you're going to live by. Yes. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. You got that? Yes. Amen. So you're going to stop all those mental pictures that, that's telling you something totally different. You have to get in the Word of God, and for the most part, a lot of us already know what the word is. You're just going to have to, you're just going to have to make sure your mental images are right. You know, see yourself getting increased. Don't see, don't see your children as, as, as crazy, doing stupid things. Don't be seeing them as uh, they're away from me and, and now I can't see them and I don't know what they're doing. And then you start imagining in your mind what they might be doing or saying. You can't be uh, going around wanting a good marriage, but you just keep 
keep, keep it in your imagination that I think he cheating, I think she cheating, I think. And I can see him now, and who is she? I believe it's her. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? They have to get me, it must be them. I, you, you, you're gonna live by what is in your imagination, amen. Heavenly Father, we just give you praise, we give you honor. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for making things simple for us. Thank you, Father God, for showing us how to believe. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for um, reminding us by the Holy Spirit to, to get our imaginations in control. Father, help us to see everything that you see concerning us. Holy Spirit, help, to help us to see the, the pictures that the Father sees. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Faith pictures of what our life is supposed to look like. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've given us the faith to see it through. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That we are a people of faith, walking by faith and not by sight. And we give you the praise and the honor for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.